Mark, when we're watching old movies like we are today, um, I always remember a desire I've had for a long time, and it's to create a geriatric boy band. So hear me out. Here's my plan. What I want to do is I want to visit a nursing home. I want to gather a group of five or six old men in their 80s and 90s and then start feeding them Viagra. I'm going to call them One Erection. Uh, brilliant I genuinely thought he was going to try and recruit me for a boy band then I was like no dude I'm not getting involved in these ideas <laughs> you love all the crazy ideas this show has <laughs> or yeah. forget you want to die tonight hypochondriac with asthma is in there I just lose all sense of equilibrium and I don't know what's happening I'm going to say 9 out of 10 always enjoy watching it every time windmills were fire hazardous he literally used the paycheck to pay for a house that's all it was for Meeting someone for the first time, you wouldn't be talking like that. Because he was so stoned, he'd like half fallen asleep. <laughs> you and Tasha are meant to be. I'll figure that shit out. <laughs> I just got fired yesterday. I'm free. I swear to God, I'm going to stick that wolf <laughs> up your asshole. Hello, welcome to the show. My name is Scott. Uh, my name is Mark. And this is the You Run podcast. Uh, we're a horror movie review show, uh, completely run and controlled by you, the listeners. You get to pick the movies, you review them, you score them, you pass comment on them and us quite frequently. Uh, it's all completely free as well. So we don't have a Patreon. We don't have a subscription. We don't ask you to buy us a beer or buy us a coffee. We don't have OnlyFans where you can go and subscribe. We don't have any of that. All we want you to do is tell a friend that you listen to the show. Give us a review on Apple or Spotify. So that's on the app you're listening to now. If you're listening on either one of those, click back a screen. We'll still play. You'll still hear us. And you have the option to review. Review us there. Um, share something on social media. Retweet something. Add something to your story. Tag us in something. Um, if you do want to support us with some money, which would be nice because me and Mark are poor, um, go to our shop. Uh, you run podcast.com and buy something. Christmas is coming. People want gifts. Go and buy a mug, buy a T-shirt, buy a beach towel, buy a sticker, a anything like that. Uh, and we've also got our special offer for a personalised podcast that we do need to sort out the personalised podcast that we've already had ordered. We need to sort that out later. Oh, uh, sorry. Was you talking to me then? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm talking to you, not just the listeners. We we've got an episode we need to sort out and arrange a date to record. Yes, we do. We do indeed. Uh, yes, uh, and yeah, I'm looking forward to that actually because I just watched that. So yeah, and, and apo apologies to that listener who has ordered a personalised podcast. We haven't forgotten. We will. We will be with you very, very, very shortly. Um, it's me. I'm a nightmare. I need. I need tying down sometimes. So I do apologise. It's probably my scheduling that's causing the issues as usual. Do you know you're just like just issuing sexual tension to the listeners you like being tied down last week you turned up sounding like the macho man randy savage <laughs> i'm fighting fit today though i'm 100 back to normal so i'm, I'm ready to rock uh, kind of yeah i've gone for a better film but yeah i'm ready to go and to be fair the macho man randy savage was heather's joke so i stole that so heather can take credit for that <laughs> well done heather uh, anyway, personalised podcast. You can have any movie you want at all. Doesn't have to be horror. It can be literally anything. It can be Weekend at Bernie's if you want it to be, um, and that'd be cool. I'd like to do that. Uh, we'll review it. You can come on as guest. We'll do whatever quizzes you want, whatever features you want. We'll even release it if you want us to release it. Fifty pound. We'll edit it all together, send it off to you, and you can either keep it as a gift or you could keep it as a gift, keep it for yourself, or give it as a gift for Christmas. Feel like we're selling ourselves i feel slightly prostitutionalized yeah just be thankful you're not a lease so we're well on our way to a thousand subscribers and she naked swims when we get there 
oh, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> Unlucky Elise. <laughs> uh, each week we bring you our unique take on a, your chosen horror movie. Uh, it could be a new release, poll-picked movie, or a straight-out listener request. Uh, we also give you control of the show where you take things like a three word review and we give you various shout outs and all kind of things like that. Uh, the best one of those shout outs is from Mark. Recommended account of the week. I'm well in on Strictly season at the moment. It's been awesome. Uh, anyway. <laughs> horror, horror movie obsessed gore, gore hound Mark. Sat there watching Strictly come dancing. Or Give if me you're... a fucking sequin shirt any day of the week. Man. <laughs> or, or, yours, man. <laughs> or if you're in the states, that's the UK's version of Dancing with the Stars. Oh yeah, that is the UK, the, the American version. I forget, <laughs> yeah. I forget. I wonder if I can watch that too on Catch Up. Awesome. <laughs> Love some more content. <laughs> right. So this week's recommended account is my first ever TikTok recommended account of the week. Hey, um, I'm trying to branch out. I'm trying to be better as a human. Um, so this week I'm going to TikTok. And the reason I've picked this account is because he is going to be a guest with us next week. And I feel you all need to prepare yourself properly. <laughs> this is one of the most outspoken men I have come across on the internet. And you all need to be prepared for his arrival. So you can find him on TikTok at ChunkyLarry2. He is also on Instagram and other various platforms as well. You can find him at CreaturePod on Instagram. But as I say, I'm trying to be better, so I went uh, with the TikTok option he's al- first. He's also CreaturePod on TikTok as well. He's got two. In fact, he's got three accounts on TikTok. So he's also got his podcast, which is the Ghoul Kids Table podcast on TikTok too. So you do more research than I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's because I interact with Larry a huge amount. So he's his, do, podca- yes. his podcast is him, uh, Ali Grind, The Cool Ghoul and Tragic Ra. Oh, nice. I'm not familiar with any of those or the podcast, so I need to up my game. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. so I, I, I've mentioned Larry because I feel like it's going to be an explosive episode next week and you guys really need to prepare yourself for, <laughs> for his opinions and his take on horror. So you can do that by following all of his accounts and uh, yeah, just strap in and basically get yourself ready for next week. Yeah, and to to be fair to Larry, he is very outspoken, but my God, he's so entertaining. Mm. He he is probably hilarious. Some of his reels and his stories and his TikToks are fucking fantastic. He's a yeah. very funny man. Uh, especially like if someone like uh, TikTok is a place where people that don't follow you and don't really interact with you will see a video on their for you page and they'll make a flippant comment. Um, I'm quite good at picking them up and making someone look silly. Larry will pick them up and make the person wish they were never born. He's done it to me before. I didn't yeah. intentionally seek out an argument. <laughs> I just saw a post he'd done and just casually commented on it. Like, ha, 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 that was funny. And he responded with a reel, like, bringing me down. I was like, shit, that was brutal. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my first interaction with Larry. It was, uh, uh, what was John Carpenter's greatest horror movie? And he's like, we all know it's Halloween, don't we? And then I stitched it going, no, we know it's the thing. I still now, I still, I still feel pain, but when I think about the thing of how silly he made me feel, <laughs> he's excellent. It's going to be a great episode. So yes, strap yourselves in. Go find Chunky Larry, Chunky Larry Two on TikTok, our Creature Pod on Instagram, and as Scott mentioned, various other accounts as well. Um, yeah, 
and uh, definitely be, go be and give his, give his show and listeners. But if you want a real taste of Larry, go and listen to the Ghoul Kids Table podcast. Four great podcasters, all with very, very, very different takes, and it's incredibly entertaining. The, well, there the, you go then. Recommended account this week is turned into a season's worth of recommended accounts to be altered by Vulgar. That that doesn't give you any more time off. You know that, right? Oh, come on, man. I'm trying to cash in here. <laughs> <I'm> sure, <laughs> that gives me a pass for a few weeks. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, so last week we looked at Damien Leone's Terrifier 2. Uh, me and Mark both agreed that it was the birth of a horror icon in Art the Clown. Today we're doing something very similar, uh, not just looking at the birth of a new character, but the birthplace of horror as a whole. Today's movie is a listener request, and it was requested by Office of Pop Culture on Instagram, and a long time ago, so apologies it's taken so long to get it on the show. This was requested, like, January. Wow. So it's nearly been... Christmas. You know it's nearly January again very soon. <laughs> I know. It's, I've, got, I've got it under a year. It's. I've got it Only on just, show. mate. Only just. <laughs> <laughs> Office of Pop Culture is a super cool account. Uh, they focus on what, what you'd expect, uh, popular culture movies. Uh, the Most of their predominant posts are things from like the past, so things that are 20 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old, lots of hammer horror, lots of black and white stuff and a lot of the stuff they share is really really cool and like visually like really impressive which explains why they chose the movie they did so the movie they chose is a hundred years old yes a hundred years old today me and mark are going back to the roots of the genre we love as we take a look at 1922's nosferatu now this is the bit where we'd normally play a trailer but in 1922 trailers were not a thing these... Oh shit! I didn't even think of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nor, nor did I, as I I trundled off to um, to YouTube to find a trailer for it, and they, there isn't one. Obviously, <laughs> I felt I, I felt very silly when I found out that trailers didn't come in until the forties. Holy shit, man! That is fucking great. I didn't even think about that. Um, so to put this in perspective, when this was advertised, it was advertised in papers and on posters that went on walls, like real physical handmade media to advertise this. That is insane. That is insane. Some small pauper little child running around stapling it to lampposts. <laughs> exactly. Exactly that. No trailer, but being a silent movie, even if there was, I don't think it would have been the most entertaining trailer for you to listen to anyway. <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> uh, we'll get this show on the road with the listeners' scores, and the listeners have scored this an 8 out of 10. Uh, me and Mark will save our scores to the end, and obviously your thoughts in three-word review and other bits will be later. Me and Mark had discussed the movie, and we want to do it justice. And with that in mind, we cannot do a play-by-play of Nosferatu purely for the fact that there's lots of scenes that it's silent and not a lot happens so you might get a three minute scene of a carriage going up a road you might get a an eight minute scene of someone stumbling around a ship and I don't want to just give it to you like that because it's not fucking entertaining if I did if we deliver it to you like that it's it's just not so what we're going to do is we're going to give you a little bit of a history lesson we're going to give you an overview of the story uh, before giving you endless amounts of facts that surround this movie. And the facts are absolutely outstanding for this film. 
we will be giving away spoilers. So if you have not seen this movie that in the last hundred years, I suggest. I mean, it's you... only just come out, so let's just <laughs> watch where we go with this. <laughs> uh, this movie's been out a while, so if you've not seen it and you're worried about spoilers, stop listening now <laughs> and go and listen to it and come back. Go and watch it and come back. We're going to kick off with a little bit of history. So in 1897, Bram Stoker published one of the most famous pieces of literature ever released in Dracula. It cost six shillings and was bound in yellow cloth with red leather writing. Sales were really, really slow until it was sensationalised in American newspapers in 1899. Dracula is now a household name and has had what? I can't count the amount of adaptations in movies, TV series, all sorts. Also, the book has not been out of print since 1897. It's been in print every year for 125 years. And this year has sold 9 million copies. And I am one of those 9 million people. I I bought a copy of this a few weeks ago. Do you own a copy of Dracula? I, do, I own a couple of copies, paperback and a hardback somewhere in the loft. I've not seen them for years, but I know they're there. <laughs> Uh, In 1921, Prana Film was created with the purpose of creating supernatural and occult movies. The task was given to Henrik Galeen to write a screenplay based on Dracula for the studio's first production. Spoiler, in the 1920s, copyright was still a thing. And these guys had absolutely fuck all rights to do anything with this work. None at all. No, no. But they didn't. It was the 1920s. They kind of shrugged their shoulders and carried on. And in 1921, they started filming, uh, focusing on the story from several sections of the novel. But one of the big bits being the chapter of the Demeter, the voyage of the Demeter ship. To try and avoid copyright, they changed names of characters. But that was literally about it. That was literally was, all they done. Yeah, they, they introduced the, the plague element as well, which was so... so... Count Olaf brings over the plague, which is not part of it's not part of the Dracula story. This was something that was introduced to Nosferatu. And yeah. other than that, the only thing they have literally changed is the characters' names and introduced the Black Plague as a yeah. subplot. And that is that is you could watch this thinking it was Dracula with Igor or all the rest of it as is it Igor? Yeah. No, that's Frankenstein. No, not not Frankenstein. Not, not, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's, um, What's his little sidekick? Yeah, my brain's gone black. Uh, Renfield. Renfield, yeah, even Renfield's here. and Yeah. It, it is that sort of close it, to it. it. It's so close to it. Imagine making a remake of Jaws and all you did was change the name of the boat and change the Great White to a giant Mako. A little bit like what they did when they'd done that um, rip-off of Jaws Deep Blue Sea. Remember that? Oh, you mean the film that is better than the original? We're not going there. Uh, <laughs> make a more entertaining episode. Let's let's fucking thrash out Jaws and Deep Blue Sea for an hour. <laughs> let's not. Uh, the movie itself tells the story of Hutter and his wife, Ellen, and Count Orlock. Uh, Hutter and Ella are the names used for the well-known characters Jonathan and Mina Harker from the novel, and Orlock is used in place of Count Dracula. Like I said, there's there's not many differences that there's a couple and there's a couple that there's one that's a really big difference from the book and i'll get to that later um hutter is told by his boss that a wealthy count from transylvania wants to buy a property in their small town and his boss suggests that he basically he goes over to meet orlock to sell him the house the boss and and hutter are pricks because they like 
decide they're going to sell the house and then they kind of chuckle that they're ripping off this foreign buyer. It's some yeah. dusty old broken house and they're like, ha ha, go and sell it to him. <laughs> go and see him face to face and rip him off. It's good to see that estate agents haven't changed that much over the years. But they haven't. The only thing that's changed is they wouldn't go international now to sell a house. That's the no. only thing. Hunter says goodbye to Ellen and sets off to Transylvania. Uh, he reaches a point on the driveway where his carriage goes, uh, I'm not going any further, I'm done. And just basically kicks him out. And then he gets picked up by a mysterious carriage with a funky looking driver who suggests he, he gets in. Um, he does this and he gets to the castle. When he enters the castle, he's met by the same man who drove him there in the carriage, and it's Count Orlock. Orlock looks funky as fuck. I like the look of Orlock. I think he looks amazing. Considering this is 100 years old, I mean, the makeup effects of this dude look incredible. Yeah, and there's no hiding. So, like, in a modern movie, you can hide things by using different lighting or by brushing over stuff with CGI. They had no ability to do special lighting. They had no CGI. They had... They had literally nothing, so whatever they made had to be perfect. Yeah. I mean, you can tell that they had struggles with lighting issues because this is all filmed during the day, yeah. even though it's trying to insinuate that this is nighttime. I mean, yeah. you, we as an audience can pick up that it's daytime. It's only due to, like, footnotes that pop up every now and again that tell you what time of the day it is, really. Yeah, and depending on what copy you watched, there's lots of copies that are pure black and white. There's other copies that are closer to the original. So in the day, they use like an orangey tinge. And That's at night time, and nighttime, they use like a bluey tinge. Yeah. So was that the original? Was it? That wasn't the movie. Because I watched the Blu-ray version <coughs> of this. Um, so I could have just assumed that. I thought that would have been the remastered version over the complete no, black that, and white that, from start to finish. No, that was the original. The remastered is black and white. Right. Okay. That's interesting. Because I just assumed that the remastered version added the light tones to try no, and no, so that, it a little bit. That, that was the original was the light tones, which again, for a hundred years ago is incredible because that would have come across to an audience. Oh, it's nighttime now. So how do you reckon they did that? Do you reckon that was just a filter over the top of the camera? It, it's got to be a filter. I can't see any other way they would have done it. No, I can't because there's no way of controlling. Like they didn't have pop-up lights like we do now and stuff like the, that. The only other thing they could have done would have been actually tinted the film once it had been filmed. Oh, that's quite good. I never thought of that. No, it's got to be something they've put in front of the camera lens, like a little polythene colour tone thing. Was polythene a thing oh, in 1922? No, it would have definitely been like, <laughs> it definitely wasn't plastic. It would have been a coloured glass. <laughs> <laughs> like a stain. It would have been a stained glass lens, wouldn't it, that they would have used, yeah. I imagine. And again, just the amount of effort to do that compared to modern filming is incredibly impressive. Um, Hunter is trying to sell the old abandoned house that's opposite his house to Warlock, which as a shit estate agent, he's selling a dud house directly opposite where he lives. Like he's not going to get any backlash when Orlock actually buys it. Yeah, I didn't really pick up on that. I'll be honest with you. I mean, it's a really hard film to digest if you're not. It's old as shit. Let's be honest. It's old as shit. And it's 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 slow as well so like you have to be seriously dedicated to what's going on on screen to be able to pick up on these these story elements you yeah. can watch this film from start to finish and get the gist of what's going on but you have to seriously focus and read the footnotes that flash up every now and again to be able to pick up on the story elements so there's do. a lot here that i didn't quite catch and that was obviously one of them yeah so like orlock's not orlock's like looking at pictures he's not really interested in buying the property at all until he sees a picture of uh, Hutter's wife. And he and says he makes... she has a lovely neck. 
makes a comment about our neck. And uh, as you just said, we say he said, but he didn't say because it's a silent movie. So yeah, you, you get, read it. Aren't yeah. And the pop ups you get are all in really old italic writing and the film quality is not great and they're really hard to read. Oh, you see, see again, I read that I watched the Blu-ray version, so I don't know whether these were then added additionally on the latest release of this film because it was clear as day and, like, all the talent, really nice, fancy writing on, like, a. it was basically like a piece of paper that looked tea-stained. Remember when you used to do that tea-stained thing at school when you put yeah, yeah, yeah. a bit of paper in a water with tea bags and then got a lighter and bent the corners to make it look like a scroll? Yeah, exactly that. I wonder if they still do that at school. My kids have never brought home anything like that. It's probably not loud now. It's probably like dangerous. Maybe someone's allergic to tea. <laughs> Most probably. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. We have a terrible tea allergy. Um, <laughs> uh, so at this point, we also find out that Orlock needs to sleep during the day. Throughout the movie, Hutter is reading the book Nosferatu, which I think is incredible because it was meta in 1922 when meta was not even a, an idea yet, but it was already being done. It would have been cooler if it was Dracula he was reading. Yeah, I, I think they were skirting the copyright a bit close as it was anyway. <laughs> this is true. Um, the book is mentioning not to let uh, dreams be clouded by shadows. Um, and we get a scene where this happens as Ellen sleepwalks and nearly falls off a balcony. Hutter is disturbed by Orlock and investigates the castle. Why? Why would you go digging around in the castle? Would you? Do you really need to ask me that question? Yeah, that's a stupid question. Um, <laughs> anyway, he finds uh, one of the co- he finds a couple of coffins, and he finds Orlock is in one of them, and freaks out. Later that night, he sees Orlock loading coffins into a, a carriage, and then Orlock gets into a coffin himself and lays down. Hutter then makes the decision he's leaving. Uh, Orlock travels to Hutter's hometown and goes there by ship. Um, and the ship has reported that there's a plague. Well, kind of a plague. It's got fucking Orlock eating everyone, but the plague is blamed for it. Um, and Hutter makes his way home as well. Ellen's dreaming and nightmares and sleepwalking gets more persistent at this point. It's the Demeter is the name of the ship that Orlock travels on. And when that arrives in the town, it's allegedly brought the plague with him because he think they think that everyone on the boat who's dead died of the plague. Yeah, because they've get- got the bite marks on their neck. Yeah. So they're like the the cool because instead of it being the wider, I'm not even going to pretend to be like a dentist to know the name of the teeth that vampires have. Heather will probably know. We'll catch up with Heather later and ask her. The the wider vampire teeth. The, yeah. Oh, look, it's got the two front teeth, which are his vampire ones. So like the pinholes are really close together. It, 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 interesting enough. Yeah, it, it's definitely a different take. And again, I think that's something they've done to try and avoid the copyright. Let's move where his fangs are. That just makes me curious to know now then, does in Dracula the book, because I haven't read it yet, is it specify which teeth Dracula has to make him a vampire? Or is it's, this something that's just been adapted through pop culture? It, it's been a long time since I've read Dracula, but I'm pretty sure that it, it explains how his how the bite works or how he drains blood. That the it, It's not draining through his teeth. The teeth are used to puncture the wound and then he drains the blood with his mouth. Yeah, I'm just wondering where did they with Nosferatu, did they then adapt it thinking that was the intention and that's how they perceive the novel, or is it specifying the novel that it's the more outsider? I, I, I think teeth? it's I think it specifies the novel, but as I say, it's been fucking twenty years since I've read that book. 
someone message in if they know the answer to this question whether Nosferatu got it right and then it's just changed over time through pop culture or whether it was always specified where vampire teeth are. I, I know who will know this and that's Angel Voices from the Mausoleum she'll know the answer to that ah Angel then Angel please message me because I really need to know this is going to ruin my brain now for weeks <laughs> so we also get a town crier He's going around the town and he's basically initiating lockdown and putting white crosses on everyone's doors. And we thought we were the only ones who got lockdowns in 1922. They had one as well. Uh, interesting. Mm. Uh, and I'll get to that in facts because that's very, very important to this story. Before we go on then, so have we reached the Renfeld point yet? Because he's been on already, hasn't he? Yeah, I, I skipped over Renfield because if I'm honest, I kind of... It's hard to that. digest his purpose or relevance in this film. Yeah, he's in prison, but like, how does he know Count Arlock? Because he's in the hometown where Hunter and everybody, Hunter and everybody is. Yeah, it doesn't really explain it very well in the book. There's a lot more to it, but I'm I'm not going into the full depths of Dracula. No, that's what I'm saying. I just didn't understand because he calls him Master in this film, assuming that he knows him yeah. at the end of this film. But then he's in the same village that. Orlock's buying a house in. He's been, he's been sent, sent he... ahead. Right, okay. So is he's, that what happens in Dracula? It's basically the gist of it, yeah. He's sent ahead to basically scout out where Dracula's coming to. And then they just arrest him for being a nutter? Yeah, effectively. Okay. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for clearing that <clears> up for me. <throat> I had yeah. no idea. Uh, no worries. Uh, Hunter tells his wife not to read the terrible book he brought home with him. Um Marriage rule number one, and Mark will agree with this, don't ever tell your wife not to do anything. You don't even have to tell her not to do anything. She will do it regardless. Yeah. Just, just, your, best, just your best bet is to tell her to do it. Then you've got less chance of her actually doing it. Exactly that. Could you please read this horrible, nasty book I brought home? Because then you'll get a, I don't want to read the fucking book. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm not we, really learn, we learn how to adapt as men. <laughs> <laughs> we do because unfortunately men are really this is going to sound really sexist and i apologize if i upset anyone but men are on the whole we're very simple creatures there's not a lot to us women are like the fucking enigma code <laughs> there's so much to decode and like it's like if a woman says they're fine they're not fine no and you only learn that as you go through relationships and get shouted at for like it's like do you mind if I go to the pub? Yeah, it's fine. And it's you not go to, fine. No, you go to the pub and then you get back. To, can't believe you went to the pub, but you said it was fine. No, <laughs> that's not what I meant. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't, <laughs> didn't realise. It's good to a, know I'm not alone in this world then. Yeah, no, you're not. I, I didn't realise there was a subtext I needed to take into account, not just what you were saying. Anyway, before I end up divorced myself, uh, um, uh, she does read Nosferatu. Uh, but she also finds out how to stop him as well. So she finds out that a sinless maiden, if it gives blood willingly, will basically make Nosferatu forget that dawn is coming and he will die. In Nosferatu, sunlight kills vampires, which has kind of been adopted across pop culture as that's what happens. In Bram Stoker's Dracula, sunlight does not kill Dracula. Really? It is that because he's head vampire though? No, sunlight does not kill vampires in Dracula. It weakens them. It weakens them, but they, they can go out in the day. And in the, the novel, there are several times where Dracula is out and about during the daytime. 
I mean, let's be honest, if we're talking Dracula, we're talking Gary Oldman. And there is that scene where he's in a top hat with sunglasses. So, yeah, I'm all right. I'm, in, I'm involved now. <laughs> <laughs> we now cut to the, the final scene. We're at the end. Uh, Ellen is doing Needlepoint and she can sense Orlock watching her. Um, so she opens her window and kind of weirdly invites him in. Uh, she also fakes being incredibly ill and sends Hutter to the doctors to go and seek help to get him out of the house. Orlock comes in. And she offers herself willingly, very seductively as well for 1922. This movie, I imagine, was incredibly raunchy in the 20s. Yes. And before we get to that closing moment, I just want to touch upon that scene where Orlock's coming up the stairs and his shadow's moving freely over himself. Yeah. Fuck, you know, man. 100 years old. This is 100 years old and it has better CGI than some of the shit I've been watching recently. The thing is, though, that's not CGI. That would have been a practical effect, but I genuinely can't work out how they've done that. I have no fucking clue how they did that. There's a scene where he's walking up the stairs and he's in his shadow, like Peter Pan's away from him. And Ooh. then he opens the door and his shadow freely doing. It's insanely clever. It's insanely clever. And there's stuff earlier on as well when Olak's on top of the ship and he sort of like fades off into the dark, which is something if you saw in a modern film today, you would think nothing of it. Yeah. But in a, in a film where they don't even have set lighting, I'm like, how the fuck did you do that? There's so much in this where I spent a good chunk of this film just going, how did they do that? That's really impressive. And also you can see like the challenges. So there's there's scenes where like a carriage is coming up the road and they've obviously got the sunlight blaring in the camera and they can't get around that. You get this horrible glare on the camera and then all of a sudden it focuses. And it's it is really impressive like to see where cinema was to where it is today. I found it really interesting. Yeah, the raw elements of this film are, are mesmerising to watch. They really are, but it, it is it is difficult. To, you, to get. you only get those rare glimmers of of insight every now and again. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's I'll get to it in my roundup. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. do it now. <laughs> uh, the movie ends with Hutter's boss being taken away to the asylum because she distracts Orlock and he, he dies in the sun, which again is another really impressive scene where he, he fades away. So his hand, as the sunlight hits him, his hand fades and he disappears. Brilliant. Looks incredible. I mean, yeah, it looked great. And again, it doesn't look great. But if you're looking at it from a year perspective, this is 100 years old. Yeah. It probably blew the minds of everybody watching it at the time. A hundred percent. It ends with Hutter's boss being taken to the asylum. And this is where we find out he was working for Orlock and he's effectively the Renfield character. Um, And then we get Hutter and Ellen sharing an embrace. And that is the end. Um, before we go into any of your thoughts and our extended facts section, um, I wanted to come up with a fun way to just emphasise how old this movie is. Um, so we're going to play a game. And it's uh, someone I say we. Mark, you're going to play a game. <laughs> I was going to say, you say we play a game. No, I get it picked in your games again. Yeah, I host a game. You play the game. This is yeah. a fun game, though. It's not. It's, it's for not who? Hard. For you? No, for everyone. I think you'll find this fun as well. Um, So let's play Broken Spirit. I told you, I want to play a game. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're going to play before or after. It's really simple. I'm going to give you some events in history, and you're going to tell me if they happened before Nosferatu was released or after Nosferatu was released. This sounds an awful lot like Bruce Forsyth's play your cards right higher or lower it is very much like that in fact it is that game just with horror movies and timelines yeah that is that what was that what for was all it those called? Who, 
the price is right. Welcome to yeah, welcome to the Euro podcast. The price is right. I think for those American people listening, Bruce Forsyth is an entity of himself. So if you're unfamiliar with Bruce Forsyth, maybe do a bit of YouTubing. But I'm sure you had the prices right in America, and it was some Bob guy, some really famous Bob guy ran it in America. Yeah, and we obviously know Mark loves Bruce Forsyth because before he he passed away, he used to host Strictly Come Dancing. Yes, he did. I know, to be fair, to be fair, I wasn't on board with the Strictly When Bruce. This is a this is a more recent venture for me in my life over the past sort of three years. Is, is, <laughs> this, is, is this a midlife crisis? Is this a cry for help? <laughs> it might be, yeah. <laughs> do, do, ne- next year, do we need to do the You Run podcast ballroom dancing competition? That would be amazing. Could you imagine lots of different guests videoing in from around the world to do it? Just so we're aware, my da- my wife is a dance teacher, so I reckon I would probably smash this competition if it if it ever does come to fruition. That explains a lot of your dance moves at For Love of Horror. <laughs> oh, mate, don't no, honestly. When I sobered up the next morning, I was like, "Oh, you actually did that! Oh, did, you did, actually went and did that!" Did, did you like the fact that like the first clip that you get in our little montage video that's on TikTok and Instagram is Mark like grinding his ass low to the floor he can get? <laughs> And that is just a snippet of. I think that was only the at the start. I don't even think the main act had come on at that point either. No, that was. I can't even remember who that was. To, I think that might have even just been to like the DJ that was just playing some random eighties music. I was in the zone, man. I was yeah. fully in the zone. I'm going to be honest. It wasn't even Tim Capello that got that reaction out of you. <laughs> no, no, it was just. I was just four or five beers in, <laughs> and the rest. You were, four, you were four or five beers in before it got to four o'clock. So was I. Yes. I mean, if you're going to go, then yeah, go and do d- it properly. D- exactly that. Anyway, let's play our game. Uh, so did this happen before or after Nosferatu was released? King, T- King Tutankhamun's tomb was opened. After. Was after. It was opened in 1923. Oh, fucking hell, only just then. Uh, only just. Um, the world's first auto-electric starting vehicle was created. So before they used to hand crank them, it was the first one that was like a key turn start. Before or after? There was no cars in this. Like any sort of automobile. Automobile? Automobile. <laughs> no, there wasn't any cars in this. Uh, oh God, and then again, that's like, no, because... The war was like in the forties. We had planes and all sorts of shit. Then I'm going to say I'm going to say that's before the film. It is before the film. Believe it or not, 1911. Also, not that much before either. No, no. Uh, A lot well, happened in the 1900s. Yeah, it did. Did uh, the Titanic sank before or after Nosferatu? After. After. What wasn't it? Was before the Titanic sank in 1912. What? I <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> My mind's like that. <laughs> uh, traffic lights were invented. When did we just say automobiles came about? 19... Uh, 1911. Yeah, that was after. Surely that's got to be after the film. Uh, it was. They didn't get traffic lights weren't introduced until 1923. So they, I'm they still were... amazed it's as early as that, to be honest with you. So they were driving around from 1911 to 1923 with no traffic light signals whatsoever. Yeah, but I mean, there weren't as many cars on the road. Yeah. There is these days. <laughs> it's very true. Um, plasters uh, or band-aids in the States uh, were invented. Were they invented Band-Aids. before or after Nosferatu? After. 
It was after 1924. Jesus Christ, you're really tying these days yeah. down. To close, <laughs> uh, so, close so, to me. <laughs> so before that, you would have had like a proper bandage. You'd have had like a cloth and like a bandage before that. Um, vacuum cleaners were invented before or after Nosferatu? After. Are we talking the, like Dyson here? Or are we talking? The, yeah, pro- proper vacuum. A vacuum cleaner that could vacuum up off the floor. That you plug it into a wall that requires electricity or some sort of contraption that was invented. Uh, it requires. Come on, we need uh, specifics here. It, it, you can't it, it, give me a it, quiz like this. It, then... requ- it requires electricity to run this. After. Before. Ah. Uh, and way before the electric car was um, the, the self starting electric car as well. 1901 was the first electric vacuum cleaner. Wow. Which That's impressive. Ab- absolutely blew my mind. They had an electric vacuum cleaner before they had a car that could start itself. That's insane. That is absolutely <laughs> it. At least they've got the priorities, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, we've got two more. Uh, sliced bread was available in shops before or after Nosferatu? After. That's got to be surely like a like a recent-ish it, thing. Uh, 1930. Yeah, I would have expected that to be a little bit later then. Yeah, I was gobsmacked. And the last one, Nintendo was founded. As in I Nintendo. feel like this is going to be a proper trick as, question. As, as Nintendo is in like Super Nintendo, Nintendo. Yeah, as in Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Donkey yeah. Kong and yeah. So the Nintendo company was founded before Nosferatu, so before 1922 or after. It's going to be like something really fucking stupid, like they made burn arrows. <laughs> I just know what you're like. Like, yeah, Nintendo made hunting knives back in 1902. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to say before, just because I know what you're like. It was before. Do you want to take a stab at what year? What were they, what were they specialising in in this year? Uh, the year they launched the Nintendo Nintendo company was the Nintendo Playing Card Company. They used to make playing cards. Oh, that makes more sense than my stupid bone arrow and hunting knife theory. Yeah. <laughs> Have a stab at the year. Uh, 1887. Wow, very, very close. 1889, Nintendo was founded. Man, how much would your mind have blown if I nailed that guess? Uh, And it's still the same company, so they've not changed their trademark or anything. It is still, Nintendo was founded in 1889, which just is mind-boggling that company's been going that long. Who comes up with the word Nintendo that old? They were, uh, uh, I think they were originally a Chinese company. Um, they started in a small town in China selling playing cards. They didn't do very well. Um, so they moved out to Japan in like 1902 or something like that. And then in Japan, their cards went massive. And then from there, they diversified into board games and then handheld LCD games. And then from there into Nintendo, as we know today. Ah, oh, good times. Time well, I love myself and Nintendo. What a transition, though. Playing card company to the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm looking imagine... up at my Super Nintendo now and in awe of what I'm looking at. I, I imagine when they founded that, they had no idea that one day they'd be selling effectively mini TVs with handheld controllers. No, no. It's mad to think of time. Do you know what? I'm not even going down that road because I, I, I confuse myself sometimes with these 
<laughs> wild things that I think about. <laughs> well, let, let's not go there. Um, we don't need a repeat of the Terrifier 2 episode. <laughs> uh, if you enjoy the show and you like me or Mark or just Mark, because um, that, that seems to be quite a trend as we see when we put movies against each other and you vote for shit like H20, which is coming soon. Don't get put your violin away, my friend. <laughs> Come on. No, you not- bring this shit on yourself. Not that I'm bitter at all. Anyway, uh, you can follow us on our social media. We're at You Run Podcast everywhere on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok if I don't get banned. So on TikTok, I am on a final warning for a permanent ban. Are you actually? Yeah. Why? What have you been doing? Uh, uh, Clickbaiting so, and winding people up as usual. No, so some times. woman done a video about um, uh, how Hocus Pocus 2 is bringing the devil into our homes. And you must not watch. Oh, I've a, seen that article. Uh, no, this is a religious account on TikTok saying you you can't watch Hocus Pocus two. Don't let your children watch it. The devil will come through your TV and infest your house, and you'll have demons and all this kind of stuff. And all I done was I stitched that video and I gave us some movie suggestions of things that could be probably more likely to bring demons into your home, and used a couple of video clips like The Exorcist and Terrifier and. <laughs> <laughs> and funnily enough, that religious uh, account and lots of her friends reported me vigorously. Uh, the video got taken down and I got threatened with a ban. Dude, stop winding people up. Stop winding people up, man. <laughs> I'm not being funny. She said Hocus Pocus 2 was bringing the devil. It fucking wound me up. I was I was defending myself. You don't know otherwise, though. It might be. It might be doing just that. T- to be fair, it may, it may have done. <laughs> <laughs> not being funny it could just take a seat with all the other demons in my life it'll be fine <laughs> pull up a chair <laughs> pull up a chair sit next to depression and alcoholism they're open they can't have a chat with them <laughs> uh, you can also get in touch with the show by emailing yourunpodcast at gmail.com uh, or you can record us a voicemail really really easy you can do that on our website yourunpodcast.com or you can leave me a voice DM on Instagram or you can just do a TikTok video and say, this is a voice DM for blah, blah, blah. And I'll take the audio from there. Zoinks! Three word reviews, man. We've got the 80s horror lover. Um, first of all, he commented saying, I was going to put black and white. And then he changed his mind and he went with the original vamp instead. Um, this is Rob. He's got a great horror account. So go and give Rob a follow. It's the 80s horror lover. Uh, we've got Coffee King 62. Innov- innov- innovative horror classic um, and they're a coffee addict and very very tired uh we got cesar ch74 best the best and they're a metallica and heavy metal fan account and then we've got the film talk guys uh at mo spheric and they're a movie podcast that uh, i've actually added to my rotation because i've not listened to them before so they're on for next week i'll be giving them can we listen. just touch on their name a minute is it at as in the like the symbol at no, no. So, so the, the whole thing is atmospheric, are they? No, no, no. Their their account is the Film Talk Guys. Their three word review is at Mo Spheric. Oh, so I'm going to create an account that's called Mo Spheric. So when you search for me, it's at Mo Spheric. That is awesome. That's quite cool. That shit now. <laughs> uh, Trade, on, trademark the Urban Podcast. But bear with me. I'm just going to create that account now so no one can steal it. Fuck. Edit this out. Don't let people think my idea. Uh, memes to make you mad. So I couldn't show such disrespect to a movie that effectively birthed the genre that me and Mark love 
and do a meme about it because I honestly I felt bad. Um, so what I did instead is I created just a normal run of the day meme that wasn't a meme to make you mad and it made people mad. So we're going to talk about that instead. Um, <laughs> and this was just a, this was genuinely my real thoughts as well. So this isn't a meme to make you mad. This is how I felt. Uh, so the meme was a picture of James Wan's upcoming movie, Megan. And the caption read, I'm your friend to the end. And then below that, you had Chucky peering through some blinds. And the caption read, what does this bitch think she's doing? <laughs> um, it didn't go well. Uh, normally, memes to make you mad, I just read what people have said, because obviously it was intended to make them mad, and I don't respond unless it's just to wind them up a little bit more. Um, this week, you're going to get my replies as well, because I was defending my meme, because I believed in it, and I still believe in it. I was going to so, say, I'm surprised people weren't in support of this. No, they really weren't. Uh, so the first one I got was from an account called Megan Movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see where this is going. <laughs> uh, Chucky is not the original doll. I remind you, the first doll we see appearing in horror movies date back to 1975, such as Deep Red. Just to name one from that year. We have seen serial killers before Chucky, for example, Michael Myers in 1978. Chucky is from 1988, so you are out of place. Chucky is not the first doll, nor is he the first serial killer. Let's avoid writing falsehoods. Thanks. Lots of exclamation marks. What a dick. To which I replied, Chucky is the first doll of his type not to be possessed by an evil entity. Dolls first appeared in 1929 with the great Gobo. Megan is a blatant ripoff of the concept created with Child's Play, even down to the aesthetic they use with the facial movement and expressions. You are obviously a super fan of this upcoming movie, which is cool, but don't try to pr- pretend this is anything but an attempt to cash in on the success of the Chucky TV series. So I, I, I thought I was quite, I was very pleased with myself. Uh, I, I, I know my Facts and research and all sorts, mate. You were nailing this. Yeah. Uh, now, Megan movie, funnily enough, disappeared and didn't reply to that. Um, so someone else jumped in, which I'm sure is an account run by the same person. It was Robin Craft fan uh, stepped up to the plate and hit me with fucking liar. A year before Chucky, there was a similar film called Dolls. Then I got a waving emoji and a middle finger emoji. This one pissed me off. So I went to town. What was their name again? Uh, Robin Craft fan. Who's Robin Craft? Uh, as in the character Robin from The Craft. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, we were just Rob, fine. Robin's cool. Yeah, I like Robin. Yeah. Uh, this one really got under my skin. It annoyed me a lot. Um, so I went back with, wow, you're a delightful person, aren't you? Dolls came out in 1987, which was magically possessed dolls that disliked the bitterness of adults. It was written and filmed in 1985. Don Mancini wrote the script for Child's Play, originally titled Batteries Not Included, in 1972. So please get your facts straight in future so you don't look like a fucking moron when you're being called out for false information. Have a nice day, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And funnily enough, I didn't get a reply from that account either. Uh, So the moral of the story is know your shit if you're coming at me in a me because i oh, know what i'm hell. talking about and i will expose you fucking hell man how do you get any work done <laughs> I, I, I get photos I, I get some work done it's just like th- these things need to be dealt with and like 
just annoyed me. I had to deal with it straight away. <laughs> it's like, it's like the, I was fine and I was kind of like chilled and then they're like, fucking liar. I was like, don't you fucking call me a liar. Fucking dog, that's it. That's it. It's fucking on now. Uh, and funnily enough, I don't intend on tagging either of these accounts when we release the episode because I don't want them to complain about the show and give us a negative review. So, oh, this is very true, actually. Yeah, please. Yeah. yeah so this this is just for the listeners. So if you know those accounts, feel free to tell them. But I'd rather you didn't. Um, <laughs> uh, I will expose people on facts, as I just said. Um, let's talk about facts in this episode. No facts. No. That was a really shit and lazy link, wasn't it? Yeah, I expect better from you, I'll be honest. Yeah, I, I expect better from me. Anyway, um, <laughs> this movie turned 100 years old on the 4th of March this year. I still just can't get my head around this movie's 100 years old. When you say it, though, it doesn't sound that long ago, but it fucking is in comparison to actual cinema. Yeah, and you could probably... There's not a lot of people who were alive who are alive now who were alive when this came out. Or at least if they were alive when this came out, they certainly didn't watch it. No, they didn't go, they didn't go to the theatre to watch it. They would have been children. Uh, Bram Stoker's widow sued the production company for copyright infringement and won, convincingly won, so much so that they had to burn and destroy all of the negatives as part of the lawsuit win. Um, the film su- surfaced years later um, in parts of Europe. There were still copies lingering around, but the original cut of this doesn't exist anymore and hasn't done for a hundred years. No, because I mean, even the score is not the original score that we see today. The score was lost when everything was destroyed all that time ago. I mean, the first score that came out was played in front of an orchestra in front in Berlin on the screen in Berlin when it was first produced, first showcased, if you will, when it came out, was played in front of a live orchestra. Um, The score that we see now by the way, we're transitioning to a separate factor. I'm just taking the boat. Yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> the score that we've got now is from James Bernard, uh, who's more closely associated with his work on Hammer Horror films in the late 50s and 60s. Um, he then reproduced a score for this film based on snippets of bits and bobs that they had um, and basically composing his own entire score. So the score you listen to now on probably every copy you will ever watch of this ever again is not the original score that was intended for this film when it first came out. This is a reproduced score, and re-edited score that was adapted in the... I think, it, I think it was added on in the 40s or maybe even the 50s, but it was certainly before his time on Hammer Horror. Yeah, yeah, because this, this film's been recut and re-edited and there's lots of different versions of it out there as well. Um, so there's, I think, I, I want to try and get this right. So there's about six different versions that have all been partially restored in various different ways. There's black and white versions. There's versions with it tinted. There's versions where you've got different names. So in some it's Hutter. In others he's called Thomas. In some one he's called Jonathan. In one uh, Hutter's wife is called something else. And then one she's called Mina. And depending on what cut you get, it can be completely different. So there's lots of different versions of this. I thought those, I was expecting her to die at the end of this film. I, from what I read based on the synopsis of this film, she committed suicide and jumped off the balcony at the end. But when I watched it, yeah, she, she doesn't do that. She didn't do that in the version I watched. No. So I, I, I don't know, unless that's just internet garbage talking shit, but the synopsis well, I read online with a follow through was that she jumped off the balcony window at the end after all I could burn in the sun. 
Oh, maybe, maybe there's a bit we haven't seen. I don't think so. They definitely weren't put credits into this. I just no, and, that and, was and, a version I was expecting to see. I and, might and have if, just misread that somewhere across the internet. But and if there is another version of this, I'll be honest, I'm not going to find it. No, I. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the character Nosferatu is on the screen for less than nine minutes in the entire hour and 28 minute movie. Count Orlock is only. Um, <clears throat> you good? You sound like you're dying. Yeah, no, I'm fine. But, um, <laughs> Count Orlock is only seen blinking once on screen right in the final act. He only blinks once in the entire movie. That's cool. I Which knew is... there was something creepy about his look, but I didn't. Now you mention it, actually, that is quite amazing. Yeah, so all the like face-to-face scenes where they're, I say, talking, where they're meant to be communicating, not once does he blink. And there's some of those scenes are like seven, eight minutes long. Mm. To not blink for that is, is bloody impressive. Really, really impressive. Um, the movie was banned in Sweden for excessive horror, and the ban wasn't lifted until 1972. Wow. That's amazing. So that they lifted the ban on this, and then 1974, The Exorcist come out, and they banned that immediately as well. Uh, 19. When did you say that was? 19. The ban was lifted in 1972. When did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre come out? That was. Was that 74? Yes, it was 74. Was that 70? Was Exorcist 72 then? Am I getting my dates mixed up? When was the Exorcist? Texas, the Exorcist. <clears throat> Texas Chainsaw Massacre was 74. Exorcist was 73 and Exorcist was 73. That's insane. So like a year after the ban was lifted, they got bombarded with (laughs) (laughs) the Exorcist and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Can you imagine like the the authority that looks after what movies are released in in Sweden just sat there and went, right, we're going to let this Nosferatu go now. We'll let a little bit of horror into our culture. And then got slapped with the exorcist the following year. <laughs> Toby Hooper just rocks up with his passport. It's like, oh, guys, I've got something for you. I think you're going to like. <laughs> you're going to love this. <laughs> I know how you much you love horror movies. <laughs> My final fact for this is it is a movie that people claim is timeless, but it's really not. And that is a fact. And that that is the fact I'm going to end on. Um, and then I'm going to hand it straight over to Mark to give it his roundup and scores. Um, this is a really, really difficult film to discuss and try and critique. Um, there's no denying the impact this has had on cinematic culture and cinematic history and the horror as a genre. Um, but if I have to break it down and give it a score, I can't justify giving it anything more than a two out of five. I'm doing my score early rather than at the end, just purely so you know where I'm going with this whole spiel. Um, there's a lot of people on the internet and Rotten Tomatoes in general, and it's giving this a 97% out of 100, obviously. Yeah. percent, And I can't quite fathom why. There's so many people on the internet who talk about films that have dated that have come out in the past 10 years and you criticise them for it and pan them. And I'm I'm guilty of it myself, you know, and I'll watch a film that I enjoyed the first time around, but I'll revisit in a few years' time. I'm like, yeah, this really has dated badly. The CGI is bad. This is bad. This is bad. And I can't understand why people are still clinging on to this film like it's like it's a masterpiece, because it's not. Granted, they've had some serious cinematic hurdles to get through to be able to bring it to screen and, and make it what it is. But overall, it's a very, very boring film. And I struggled myself personally to get through it. It was difficult to watch. 
it was difficult to hold my focus. And that's purely based on the fact that we are so spoiled as an audience today. I can imagine when this first came out, this was groundbreaking, absolutely groundbreaking. And if I was one of those people who had never seen Avengers Endgame (laughs) and then watched something like this, I would be like, yeah, this is insane. But I am so spoiled by cinema today. So to go back and watch something like this that was made 100 years ago, it really struggled to hold my attention. Like yeah. really, really like I found myself trying to restrain from picking up my phone every couple of minutes to be like, just scrolling and doom scrolling because I was so bored by this film and I can appreciate it for what it is. And there is no denying the effort that I've gone into making something like this, especially in the time. There's some interesting cinematography used, the stuff where they're on the boat and they filmed the scenes that are out on sea clearly something simple just like a boat rolling alongside of it but when you watch it and you know this was done 100 years ago and the camera work that they had and, and the technology they had there's no denying it's 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 a clever clever way of filming scenes i have no issue with the acting clearly there's not a lot to compare it to given the no. date of this film but the actors do a great job of carrying this film um the score, I really like the score. I was a big fan of classical music. I found it pleasant to sit and listen and briefly tune in and out of. Yeah, but, see, I, I didn't. The score drove me wild. To yeah, the point. I remember you messaged me saying you were <clears throat> infuriated with it. But I really liked it. I, I, I'm a big fan of classical music. We always have classical music on in my house as background noise. We don't have radio. It's just classical music's always Cla- on in Classical music followed by Strictly Come Dancing. I'm getting a real picture of your home life now, <laughs> as are the listeners. It's a mellow vibe to have in the house, man. I always have classical piano playing on my Alexa. My Alexa better not tune in now because I'll fucking kick off. That's all we usually have in my house is just classical music playing. So I quite like listening to it and tuning in and out of it. But I don't I don't understand how someone can go out there and give this a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes when it's, no. it's not. And it, and it doesn't deserve that place if you're judging it by today's standards. Yeah, and I'm not expecting people to judge it by today's standards, but it's the same type of people who will give this 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, but then they'll go back and, and bash over something like, I know what you did last summer because it's not dated well so yeah. many years later. And I don't understand those kind of people. So I'll critique it as it is. This film was heavily boring. There's no denying it's got a massive impact in pop culture. The creation of Count Orlock is amazing. The makeup and effects for the time was outstanding. The cinematography as well is also great, but it doesn't look very good today and it struggled to hold my attention. My score is purely based on appreciation. That is it, not based on enjoyment of the film. It's based on appreciation. It's a two-star film and that is me being extremely fucking generous, I'll be honest. Okay. Um, It was a chore to watch. I'm not going to lie cinemas come so far in the last hundred years that the same as you like comparing this even comparing this to like a bad tv series it's so dull it's so so dull um it's incredibly hard to watch the lighting is off i found the acting really pantomimish i know that's just because of the time that's just how it was um yeah the issues i had with it i can't help but appreciate how much of an achievement it was and they tackled some really hard issues of the time as well. So this heavily featured the plague. That was a very, very... In 1920, they were in the middle of the Spanish flu pandemic, killed millions of people around the world, and they had 
global lockdowns. They were living in very much pandemic times like we are now. And to put that in a horror movie must have only amplified how terrifying this movie was. Not only was there a a monster, but it's tackling a plague that's sweeping the world while you're living in a plague that's sweeping the, sweep the world. That's cool, because people would then sort of, <laughs> especially younger people, would watch this and then associate the Spanish flu with Count Orlok. That's yeah. clever. I like that, and I like the way that it's done that with the times. But yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really, really clever. And it's it's one of those things... I enjoyed it as a piece of cinematic history. I found it compelling and fascinating. And if I had been and seen this, if I went and sat down in 1922 and I watched this, this was effectively 1922's Terrifier. This would have been me sat in the theatre with my head absolutely exploding, going, this is awesome. And I'd have walked out of there and I'd have given it a 10 out of 10. But I'm watching it in 2022. And it, I appreciate the position it holds in cinema. I appreciate what it done for horror, because without it, we wouldn't even have this show. We wouldn't be doing what we're doing. And as a study piece and something that should be admired and looked at, I give it an 8 out of 10. But I would not recommend it. And on enjoyment, I give this a 3 out of 10. So if you like old silent movies or you like the study of historical cinema, this is for you. If you don't, I imagine you'll be like me and Mark and just banging your head on the wall because it is painful yeah. to watch. And that's not to make us out to be undereducated fools. Like we can appreciate it what it is. Like we can we can appreciate the study behind it. And we were both sat there taking on board the struggles that they've gone through to produce a film like this, to film a film like this, to cast a film like this, to act in a film like this without previous comparisons. Like we get all that element from it, but we're critiquing it as a film that we're watching in 2022 and trying to be as honest as we can with you guys so that we're not sat here being like, yes, this is a five-star masterpiece that's gone on to create the world of horror as we know it because you'll then go and watch this thinking you we're pushing you towards a five-star film and you'll be like you guys are fucking idiots because yeah it's a chore and it's hard work and we get we understand it and appreciate it for what it is but it's not great it's, <laughs> it's not it's not it's not and it's not and it's and yeah don't get me wrong if i was in a cinema 100 years ago and i was watching this for the first time having no prior knowledge to anything that had come before it my mind would have been blown and yeah. I've been sat there with my jaw on the floor but unfortunately we are 100 years down the road and we are spoiled for our choice yeah. in comparison to something like this um, if you do want to go and watch it it's on Amazon Prime, YouTube, various other streaming sites for free um, it can also be rented here, there and everywhere but it's free on YouTube so go and watch it on YouTube, don't pay for it please don't pay for this <laughs> <laughs> um, like every other week we finish off with your thoughts <laughs> <laughs> and there weren't as many as we'd normally get funnily enough as this movie's a hundred years old there's not that many people who've actually seen it uh and we've got a couple of contrasting ones and some facts and some other bits so here's what we got uh skellington fan uh some of the effects were achieved with stop motion photography and again for the time that blew my mind I'm a big stop motion animation fan, you know this. Yeah, that that's like, in 1922, that's almost the equivalent of creating bullet time. Yeah. 
there was people running around losing their mind on that set going, how did you do this? It's so clever. <laughs> <laughs> um, imitation Dave. A lot of the scenes were filmed during the day and a blue tint was added to represent night. So they added blue Not tint. with plastic. Not with plastic, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dave also goes on to say it has to be on every must-watch list. I and again, it. I'm not going to do, no, I'm not, you're going to disagree then, but I'm uh, not. I'm I, not, I, I'm I am, I, I'm going to disagree. I think it's something that everyone needs to watch once. Yes, yes. It's a bucket list film and I am very glad that I have ticked it off my bucket list, but I yeah. will never watch this again as long as I live. No, and, and I'm with you on that. Um, Wednesday Wine and Horror. Uh, Heather chimed in on this. <laughs> we already know where Heather feels about this. Uh, he needed, de- he needed a dentist. It's like if Bucky Larson was Dracula. Who's Bucky Larson? I have no idea. I guess he's got big teeth. I'm going to have to Google Bucky Larson just so we can get yeah, on this joke. <laughs> yeah, you, you could Google that. Uh, also, the listeners, if you could send me some pictures of Bucky Larson so I know what Heather's on about. Um, like I said, this is not for everyone. Um, if you are a fan of cinema, 100%, you need to go and watch it. Uh, what can I say? It's... It's a hundred years ago. <laughs> Mark's just showing me a picture of Bucky Larson. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, definitely go and watch it if if this is your thing. If you don't like silent movies and you're not interested in old cinema, give it a swerve because you're not going to enjoy it. Um, don't forget, catch up with us on Friday for news. Uh, and we're back next week with a movie that I can't wait to hear what Mark's got to say. We're going to be watching Class of Newcombe High. We are indeed. With recommended account of the week, Chunky Larry. Yes. Um, have you done any like digging? Have you looked at any pictures or anything of Class no. of Newcombe High? Oh, man. Nothing. Nothing. I'm trying to stay as much away from it as I can. I'm just going to sit <laughs> down blind and just go in. Going in. So I'll going be watching in, that this week. If you go into that completely in the dark, my phone is going to blow up with messages in the first six minutes. Yeah, I'm going in completely blind, and uh, I'm not going to know anything. I know nothing about that film whatsoever, barring the title. Okay. I've heard of the title before, but I have nothing. I don't even know the cinematography, the acting, the ca- I, I know nothing. I literally have not seen a single snippet or still image of that film. Okay, that's good. That's good. You, you're going to have a whale of a time with it. Um, everyone's going to have a whale of a time with Chunky Larry. He's incredibly funny, incredibly outspoken. And all of you picked the quiz that he will be doing, and you are all very, very mean, as next week we get the return of the unbeaten Broken Spirit. Oh, I think he might do well, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes on and nails the shit out of it. I, I when the listeners picked it i kind of went do you know what you might have shot yourself in the foot because he might come on and kill it yeah i think he's i think he's a strong contender his horror knowledge is crazy good especially from like 70s and 80s he's like i'll be picking quite i'm gonna get some questions in there from nosferatu to try and throw him off (laughs) (laughs) that's cruel no one watches this shit (laughs) no uh and that's it for us this week uh mark can you um can you sign us off please I can indeed. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much for listening. And make sure you check us out this Friday. For those of you who are only tuning to our regular movie review show, you can catch us in just a few days' time on a Friday when we do movie news. We basically just leave the mics running, record all the shit that we normally talk about off air, and just present it all to you on a Friday with some news sprinkled in, of course. So 
if you don't listen to Newsweek already, why not start this week? It's going to be a good episode. We've got some interesting stuff to share with you all. So, and if not, and if you don't want to watch Newsweek, we'll see you next Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> and, and your homework for next week is to watch the class of Newcomb High. <laughs> I'll see you later. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. Before you forget, you want to die tonight? Hypochondriac with asthma is in there. I just lose all sense of equilibrium. I don't know what's happening. I'm going to say 9 out of 10. Always enjoy watching it every time. Windmills were fire hazardous. He literally used the paycheck to pay for a house. That's all it was for. Meeting someone for the first time, you wouldn't be talking like that. Because he was so stoned, he'd like half fallen asleep. You and Tasha are meant to be. I'll figure that shit out. I just got fired yesterday. I'm free. I swear to God, I'm going to stick that wolf up your asshole.